It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. All right, I tell you what, folks, before we say another word, here is a song I think that is on everybody's heart. I think it's very important. I think we need to think about it. And uh, this is it. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee Just a closer walk with thee Just a closer walk Granted Jesus is my plea is old Time for me will be no That's an oldie. That's really an old song. I wonder who wrote it. I want to look that up. I love the way it starts. Yeah, who wrote that song? Yeah. I can remember singing it in the car when I was a teenager. Yeah. I, I am can... weak, but thou art strong. Isn't that the truth? A great song, and certainly, um, you know, Rich, I love it when our listeners call in on the com- on the listener comment line, and they say, I like the old music you play. Well, I don't know if it's old or new, but I think it's very relevant. <laughs> That's for sure. You have a very extensive <laughs> private collection. I'll say that. Uh, Rich, uh, Pot Radio Network now has, did you tell me, 122 radio stations? 120. Now, that's in addition to 
all of the the internet and digital uh, and mobile phone and Amazon Echo no. and all of these new devices that are out there. Uh, but out of that, 48, when the 48 radio stations are in Missouri. 48 of the 120, yes. All right, now listen, Missouri listeners, plus everybody else, we pray and we uh, do everything we can to get good people to represent us in Washington. And too often when they're there, they become part of the swamp. Mm -hmm. I have seen it over and over and over again. Man, you get me started. When I was in and out of Washington a lot, I would see changes coming in. It was always bigger and in so many ways disappointing. Well, they're supposed to be representatives, not rulers. Now, in the state of Missouri, they elected to replace Democrat Claire McCaskill, uh -huh. a young man by the name of Josh Hawley. And those who knew him, they said this young man has been raised by parents and educated and is the real deal. And he has strength and he'll actually stand by the beliefs that he's always had and he won't faint. And so Missouri elected Josh Hawley to be their United States Senator. And he's no disappointment to those who really knew why they were voting for him. He's pro-life. He wants every child to get a good education and not be locked into a zip code without choice. And we could go on and on and on. But Rich, what is this weekend? Well, Friday uh, was the March for Life. And uh, that was founded by Nellie Gray many years yeah. ago. Yeah, how many years would that be? I mean, well, many. Nellie yeah, Gray since, died just two, three years ago, I think. Right, since right after Roe versus Wade. Now, I went. Did you ever go to one of the March for Life? Symposium? Yes, many years ago I did. The thing I remember is there were thousands upon thousands of people from all over the United States. And the thing that touched me is the crowd was so nice. I mean, just nice family people. Mm -hmm. I saw children. I saw teenagers. I saw moms and dads. And then I'm very conscious of this for some reason, but I know when it was all over and I was walking across whatever part of the yard or the lawn or the grass area, no trash, mm -hmm. nothing. I thought I could remember that consciously. I thought this is the nicest, cleanest um, audience you could ever imagine. Um, and so, but standing for life, standing for life, for goodness sake, this is what Josh Hawley. Now, Josh Hawley brought a speech before the United States Senate. And while he was on the floor, this is exactly what he said. Listen to it, folks. Mr. President, I rise in support of Senate Bill 130, which I am proud to co-sponsor. This legislation would ensure that health care providers treat babies born alive after failed abortion attempts with the same care they would treat any other baby born at the same stage of pregnancy. And I also want to thank the senator from Nebraska for his leadership on this issue and for bringing this issue to the floor. You know, in one sense, it's very hard to imagine that this legislation is even necessary. In the United States of America, in the 21st century, when every day new advanced technologies bring new revelations about the wonders of human life, it is hard to fathom the extremism the politicians in New York and now Virginia who would deny the protections of law to the most vulnerable members of our society, the innocent unborn, and allow them to be aborted, allow them to be killed 
right up to the moment of birth. It is hard to comprehend statements like those of Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, who said that if he had his way, infants who survived abortion attempts would be delivered and kept comfortable, that's his phrase, kept comfortable, while the doctor and the parents decided her fate. Is this really what it has come to in the United States? Is this really the social vision of today's Democrat Party? Because frankly, I can't imagine a vision less just or less consistent with the goodness and compassion of the American people. But in other sense, Mr. President, perhaps we should not be so surprised. After all, the cruelty and extremism advocated by a growing number of Democrat politicians was the conventional wisdom for much of recorded history. We often hail the ancient Greeks as the founders of democracy, but of course, the most of the Greeks believed that most humans were born to be slaves and that their lives were utterly worthless. Oh, they had a democracy, of course, but it was the democracy of the few ruling over the many. Romans took the same view. They kept most of their subjects in chains. They infamously killed children they didn't want, leaving them to be exposed on hillsides or desert, desert places. Romans had a republic, but citizenship was for the few. The strong ruled. Most lives, they thought, didn't matter. This has been the general rule of the ages. The Aztecs, Maya, Inca, all practiced child sacrifice. Archaeologists recently discovered a burial ground dated to the Chimu Empire in Peru where more than 140 children were dismembered in a ritual of sacrifice. And so it has gone down through the years. The strong prey upon the weak. The few rule the many. Individual lives don't count. But Mr. President, we here in the United States of America hold to a different conviction. Our Constitution was written. The whole edifice of American liberty depends on a very different belief, a belief as simple as it is powerful, that every life matters. We believe, and it is our pride to believe, that every person has dignity and worth, worth that is not given to them by the strong or the rich, that does not come to them from the state or the city, that does not depend on place of birth or social status, but is theirs by right because of who they are. Human beings created in the image of the living God. That is our faith. And against the drift of history, it is a revolutionary creed. It is a creed that inspired the early Christians to re rescue those infants, the Romans left to die, and bring them up to be free. It led them to found hospitals and schools and later universities on the supposition that all people should be cared for, that all can learn, that all can govern themselves. It is a creed that has brought down empires and raised up the forgotten. It is the faith of our Constitution and of our whole way of life. And yes, we have struggled to realize it in this nation. We have struggled to make it real. We have fallen short many times. But this struggle for this faith defines our history and binds us together as Americans. And this faith is again at issue in our time. Now, I know some are tempted when they see this rising tide of barbarism and cruelty to feel despair. But I am not. I think of the words of Lincoln who spoke of the unfinished work of this nation. And I take courage that all these years later, we are a revolutionary nation still.
So we must press forward in this generation for our revolutionary faith. Let us not go back to the darkness and cruelty of the past. Let us not go back to the arbitrary rule of the powerful and the few. Let us affirm again our founding belief in the equal worth and equal dignity of all. And as we do, Mr. President, we will do our part for liberty and justice in our day. I yield the floor. <laughs> you see, Rich? You see, Rich? That's what he brought before the U.S. Senate. And there were some that hemmed and hawed. There were Republicans who said, yeah, we've heard it before. Then there were Democrats who said, well, he's wrong. And that's the way it goes. But Josh Hawley stands, and he has a gumption and the backbone to be who he said he was before he ran for public office. Well, you know, Dad, uh, we've, we've played the— uh the speech by uh, Henry Hyde, and uh, we've we've thought uh, we need to hear voices rise up like this today. Yeah, and uh, Josh Hawley is one of those voices, and we're starting to hear more and more of them. Yeah. It's very encouraging. You know, I hear so much about President Joe Biden being a Catholic, hmm. and uh, and it's very they say it's very important to him, uh, very personally engaged with his Catholic faith, so on and on and on and on. And I was thinking of our good friend Bill Donahue. Now, Bill Donahue is the president of the Catholic League. And people like Bill Donahue are very upset. I want you to hear just what he said. Bill Donahue said just recently. Here we have Biden, uh, a so-called fellow Irish Catholic of mine, whom I don't recognize at all, quite frankly. He bears nothing in common with any Irish Catholics that I know of, and I know millions of them. This is, this is a disgrace, what's happening. And uh, now that Biden is ready to come down with even more pro-abortion policies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rich, by the way, my cell phone went off just a few seconds ago. Um, about 30 seconds ago, and it mentioned, I just looked at the screen, it said that Joe Biden has passed some more pro-abortion legislation by executive order. So that's where we are, folks. Now listen, uh, because of Josh Hawley's, and Missouri voters, are you listening? You ought to be proud of the man you elected who answers to you but he was invited to be on EWTN. That's the Catholic Television Network. And this is what he said. Now from Capitol Hill is Missouri Senator Josh Hawley. Senator, welcome back to the show. Can you clarify what exactly you are wanting to hear from Supreme Court nominees in order for them to receive your vote? Well, I want to hear that they understand that Roe versus Wade was an act of judicial imperialism. It's wrongly decided. It, it represents the day that the modern Supreme Court decided to say that they'll just make up the law and they won't even uh, try to ground it in the Constitution or in the laws that Congress wrote. I think if a judge cannot acknowledge that, whatever their personal views are, I don't care what their personal views are, one way or another, I don't care what their legal views are because that's the job they're being nominated to. And if a judge can't acknowledge that Roe versus Wade was wrongly decided, then I can't support him or her for the court. I also think that we're at a different point now than we were in decades past, where we've had 11 of the last 15 Republican as, uh, justices appointed by Republicans, that is, five Republican justices currently on the court. And I think, unfortunately, the evidence of this term is, is that the imperial judiciary is alive and well. 
Roe, I think, is a window onto a judge's constitutional worldview, and for that reason, their understanding of Roe versus Wade, I think, is directly relevant, and it's certainly a question that I want to see answered. Now, I remember, Rich, in 1973, when Roe versus Wade was passed by the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, there was an uproar. I mean, people just did not like it. Um, but they learned to absorb it, to accommodate it. But I'll tell you this, folks, what Josh Hawley just now said, it was wrongly decided to put it into federal law. Um, may I remind you, the Dred Scott decision was another wrongly decided and had to be reversed. And what was the other one, separate but equal? Wasn't yeah, that Plessy versus Ferguson, and that had to be reversed. And that had to be reversed. So when the Supreme Court gets it wrong, and they did in this case, well, of course, somebody like Josh Hawley and everyone who is um, you know, aware that the science and truth and the Bible and everything else shows the unborn child is a human being. So Roe versus Wade was wrongly de decided. And that's what he was talking about. Now, tell us about the March for Life going on in Washington again. Well, every year since Roe versus Wade, uh, they've had a massive March for Life. And Be that's this weekend. Uh, it was this Friday. Uh, and uh, every year, the crowd's bigger and bigger and bigger. Huge. This year, this year, they said they needed to do it virtually. So I understand that there were a group of leaders that were there. Yeah that marched and, and were there on site. But everybody else here were telling to stay home and watch uh, virtually sure. okay. on your computer. And that's understandable. That's just the way it is. But last year, listen, folks, because I'm an old man. You've heard me talk about that. I remember Ronald Reagan. I think Ronald Reagan spoke to the crowd, to the March for Life, uh, from the White House. Via, uh, over the PA system. Via uh, like a telephone link. It was like a telephone link. So he was at the White House the addressing so the crowd remotely. He was the first president that ever did that. Uh huh. And that was Ronald Reagan. And then since then, I don't recall the Bushes. I don't know. I know no one spoke there except folks. Are you listening? Last year. Last year, they had a featured speaker among many, many others, of course that had something to say. But President Donald Trump spoke, and this is part of what he said. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. We're here for a very simple reason, to defend the right of every child born and unborn to fulfill their God-given potential. All of us here today understand an eternal truth. Every child is a precious and sacred gift from God. Together, we must protect, cherish, and defend the dignity and the sanctity of every human life. When we see the image of a baby in the womb, we glimpse the majesty of God's creation. 
When we hold a newborn in our arms, we know the endless love that each child brings to a family. When we watch a child grow, we see the splendor that radiates from each human soul. And as the Bible tells us, each person is wonderfully made. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Rich, uh, your sister in St. Louis, Arla, is going to be a grandmother. And her daughter, Kristen, is expecting a baby. Uh, well, she's got a baby. Let's, let's be truthful. She has a baby. She just hasn't seen it yet. Other than on the x-rays and when the, the sonograms. When the baby is in the womb, you have so a baby. I, I sent a text to Kristen this morning. And I said, Kristen, how is our little boy doing? Does he know that his great-grandfather loves him? And she answered back. Everybody's so excited. Well, sure, it's a brand-new baby coming into our family. And I'll, I'll tell you, if I would have known years ago, 1973 and on and on, the importance of this question, uh, we would have been more resolute than ever. But Bot Radio Network is sure a pro-life media source. And uh, uh, Carol Robertson, uh, he wrote a song that just made me feel like I do, and I know a lot of our listeners feel the same way. If I could do it all over again, listen to this. If I could live my life over, oh, what a change there would be. I'd ask Jesus to take me and make me one of his own. And there'd be no more darkness, no more sin, in my life for he'd be there with me always shining so bright if I could only live my life over again I'd live it for Jesus and let him be my friend I'd be ready to meet him when I come to the end. So when he knocks, let Jesus come in. As you go through this old world, please take Jesus with you. And when you face all your troubles, he will see you through And when you are tempted To stray into sin If you'll knock Then Jesus will welcome you in Oh, if I could only live My life over again I'd live it for Jesus and let him be my friend I'd be ready to meet him when I come to the end so when he knocks
please welcome him in. So when he knocks, let Jesus come in. You know, you know, everything about the gospel speaks about life and being alive and on and on and on. The opposite is death, isn't it? That's right. Eternal and every other way. Well, I love the way that song ends. Let Jesus come in yes, to your heart. Exactly right. Hey, our listener comment line is 1-800-345-2621. We'd love it if you would call and give us your comment. Listen, the listener calls are very important to help us know what people really want. Listen to this listener comment. This is Judy, and I'm calling to thank you for the excellent programming I hear on KMCV out of Jefferson City. I told Mama about your station, and she now listens on KLTE out of Kirksville, although she lives in southern Iowa. Because Mom lives in another state, we don't get to see each other often. But now, when we talk, we share about the bot program we just listened to or what will be on next. Sometimes one will call the other to say, tune in right now because an especially good program is on. So Bot Radio has drawn us closer to the Lord, but also closer to each other. Thank you. Oh, I love that. I love Judy. Judy, I want to meet you sometime. Judy and your mom. Yeah, and your mom. That's for sure. That was really one. Can we have another one? God bless you. This is Paul in Franklin, Tennessee, and I listen to your radio broadcast every day. That's the only thing I listen to. It's wonderful. It blesses me and um, sort of steps on my toes a little bit, but, but that's good. Thank you, and you have a nice day. Yeah. Hey, oh. and, and here's Priscilla. Okay. Hi, my name is Priscilla. I listen to about half a day and in the night, too. And then one night I couldn't sleep. I got up and I turned on the radio, and I really enjoyed it. And I thank you that you have somebody can wake up and have something to listen to and enjoy it very much. So thank you, and have a great day, and be blessed. All right. Dear lady in Tennessee, God bless you. If it wasn't for people like you and the other listeners, there'd be no point in Rich and I sitting here in the studio right now mm. or anything else. Would it? Do we have time for one more? I just wanted to let you all know I really love listening to this radio station. I'm a young truck driver from Missouri, and I love listening to it on the app on 90.1 when I'm home. And, and uh, I love listening to Jack Hibbs, Greg Laurie, and Dick and Rich bought too, so I just wanted to give you all some encouragement, just let you know, or let you all know I'm praying for you, and just wanted to give you all a shout out. Well, God bless you. So, oh, what's God. the phone number, Rich? Quickly. One eight hundred three four five two six two one. All right, this is Dick Bott and my son Rich uh, with another chapter of the complete story, and I'll see you later. <laughs> 